Okay, while, while we do this, a couple of things that I would like to do. Um, some of you I know, some of you I don't know. And so what I would like to do just for a brief moment, um, just to share a few things here. I wanna, uh, I wanna ask you a couple of questions and uh, I want you to share with me, you know, let me know if you were baptized uh, and while you were in campus or, you know, just tell me a brief little bit who you are and, and, and your baptism story. Just brief, not, not alone. I've got a lot of folks on this. So I just want to hear just a brief little tidbit about you. For instance, my name is Ray Rowan. This is my bride of 30 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was converted in, uh, on campus in Tallahassee, Florida. And that was like in 1980, 1981, May 3rd, 81. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and I guess some of you guys are looking strange at me, so you guys probably weren't born or something, I'm they sure. <laughs> so, but that's, that's my storyline. And we have two boys, uh, I guess we would say two men. And uh, one of them is uh, 22 and one is 26. Brandon, uh, I think some of you guys know him. He's 22, and the oldest one is 26, Brett right. Rice. And so that's a little tip. And I was converted in campus. Okay, so. I was converted in the single in 88. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody? I want to. Hey, guys. Um, a couple of things that I, I want to do, what we're going to do tonight, and you might say once we get started, like, what does this got to do with our marriage? What does this got to do with anything? Well, stay tuned. You're going to find out. But uh, what I want to do is talk to you guys about something in Romans, Romans 9. And it was a, a very weird situation that was going on in Rome at this particular time. Uh, one of the things that happened, well, before we even say that, once we, once we will have a little Bible story here that we're going to talk about and then discuss. And then if we have any time left over um, after we talk and go through this, um, maybe you guys could ask us some questions and that type of thing if you want. Uh, and, but, but I want to share something here that I thought would be real good. Um, I think the message that we got, the sky was the limit, so you do whatever you want. <laughs> So, it wasn't a particular topic here. So I said, okay, well, we'll kind of give you one then. So, so just bear with us. And I think you, once you get into this, you'll understand where we're going with this. But one of the things that happened was, um, like I said, we're going to talk about Romans 9. One of the strange things that were happening in Rome was at this particular time, the church in Rome existed for a good long period of time. And it was not unusual for um, the emperor to uh, uh, ask the Jew, not ask, force the Jews to leave. You know, so at this particular time uh, with Paul, uh, the Jews were asked to leave. Claudius was the emperor at that time, and he forced all the Jews to move out and get out of there, and, and he moved them out from uh, Rome. Well, of course, Rome was one of the older churches there at the time. And uh, so what happened after about five years, and some scholars say that uh, uh, Claudia had died between somewhere like four years later, but uh, the, whatever happened, whether he was alive or not, 
uh, after five years later, the Jews were allowed to come back to Rome. Well, when they came back to Rome, they found something a little bit different there. Uh, not a little bit, it was a lot different from what they were used to seeing. Uh, what happened is now the church wasn't, uh, didn't have any, you know, wasn't Jewish anymore. You know, the church was now uh, mainly Gentile. And uh, so, so Paul, when he, when Paul ended up um, getting with this, this group, with, with the church there, there was a lot, a lot of issues that were going on there. <clears throat> and as I said, the church, when they returned back to Rome, the church found themselves uh, in a non-Jewish environment. Some of the customs and traditions, some of the things that they used to do was not the same anymore. So by Paul's days, the church was divided. You know, they, they were debating if non-Jewish believers uh, should be circumcised, should they eat certain foods, uh, so Paul wrote this letter so that the divided church to become unified, and this happened by you know this happened for quite a while. So he, he sent them his letter, and he was showing them how the Jews were just as guilty, or more guilty than the Gentiles, because they had the Torah, in other words, the you know the Old Testament, the commandments, and all those things that. But they were just as guilty, and they were still, they had idols as well. So I want you to think about this picture there. Uh, you got this church that was mainly Jewish, all Jewish. And, and, and believe it or not, the, the church, when it first started, with, consisted of Jewish Christians. Okay? And so some of them decided to keep some of their traditions, not, not in the sense of... Uh, Disobeying God or anything or the New Test or the New you know the, the New Testament or anything like that, but they were living it. But at the same time, because uh, someone kept some of the old traditions as well. Well, now you got this new group come in as all Gentiles, and man, it, it was totally different. They were confused. Some of them were angry. I I want you to imagine that. You know, you're talking about a diversity issue. Hmm. Can you imagine? What, what do you think it was like if you were sitting back in those days? What do you think this, the church was like? You're coming back, let's just say maybe you were a Jewish Christian and you come back to Rome and now you're getting this church and it's, it's not the same. How would you feel? How would you react to that? Anybody? Go ahead, Chelsea. I know you got something to say. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would react my eyebrow raised, I'd probably be kind of critical. Like, well, I don't know about that. That's not how we do it. That's not usually how it goes. I'd probably be a little bit like, mm, mm, what's going on here? You'd be skeptical. Okay. Yeah. What else? Let's see. Yeah. Everything changed now. It's not the old church that I used to see, you know. You know, uh, we can't do the things that we used to do. Wow. What do you, what do you think? Who are these other people? Yeah. And where did they come from? And, and why, we, why we must change things? It was good the way it was before. Why we even need them in this group anyway? You know, we were just as fine. We're doing good with Dava. One yeah. thing that I was is um, like what direction is the church going? Since like 
all that change has happened. So I would, um, I would also be wondering about that. That kind of reminded me too of uh, uh, when I was when I was converted. Uh, Mary, you might not remember this, but uh, it was a guy named Derek Clay, very dear friend of mine. And I remember when we were both we were both in the world was in a weight room lifting weights and stuff like this. And I I didn't like Derek too much, and I don't think he was too fine to me. So I remember I left and I came back uh, a year later back to uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and I. I was waiting for my ride so we could go to church. And I see Derek Clay outside, and he's uh, getting in the car with us. And I looked and said, what are you doing, man? What are you, where, where are you going? <laughs> he said, I'm going to church. Where are you going? I said, I'm going to church, too. And and immediately I said, man, boy, these the church, well, we accept anybody in here. <laughs> And I didn't say it in a nice manner. I said it like I was disgusted. You got we gonna take this guy? Come on, you know. And I think he felt the same way about me too. But uh, but you know, yeah, you know, we do take anybody and everybody. Yeah. So so I I I I can I I, I, I can see that. But when we look at this this passage here in um, Romans nine, and it gives a little more depth to it. In Romans 9, it's in 9, and we'll start in verse 1. And it says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people those of my own race, the people of Israel. There is the adoption to sonship. There's the divine glory, the covenant, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promise. There, there's are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, and for our praise, amen. Notice what Paul said, that he was in anguish uh, over his people. You know, he was in anguish over them. He was, you know, and, and, and he, was in, he was just sorrow for them. He felt a great sense of sorrow for them because, you know, hey, this group here, these were the people. These were the people that was uh, sort of the remnant, so to speak. And he was in anguish for them. I would think, well, Paul, just these the chosen people of God, you'll be rejoicing and saying, yeah, I'm just proud of my people. But he wasn't proud. He was, he was in anguish with them. Wow. And, and, he, and he was really upset about his people. Then he told me, hey, look, you guys, you know, from, from this line, everything came. You know, we got the temple that, you know, where God resided at, so to speak, was in the temple. We had uh, temple worship. We had through this bloodline, uh, Jesus came from this. The Messiah came from this. You know, so everything came through this group, came through this this uh, these descendants. But why was you so? Why were you in anguish, uh, Paul? Hmm, good question. Why were you in anguish? Let's read on a little bit further. Let's go in verse uh, six. This is going to lead a little bit. I'm going to jump around a little bit. And it is 
not as though God's word has failed, for not all who are, are descendants from Israel are Israel. Hmm, okay. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. Hmm, okay. On the contrary, it is though Isaac and that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by a physical descendant who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. But this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return and, and Sarah will have a son. Okay, here's again. You know, Paul just made a statement here that was kind of confusing. He said, not all Israel is Israel. Okay. Well, what do you mean, Paul? It's like it's double talk here. You know, not all Israel is Israel. Well, what do you mean by that? And then he goes on and say that, you know, not because you are a descendant from the Jews uh, or that, that you are Abraham's children. Now, wait a minute, Paul. I'm a little bit confused here, man. You guys confused? I'm confused here. Because you're saying that I'm I'm not Abraham's child, and I'm a Jew, and I came from the Jewish line? What do you mean, Paul? I'm really confused here. And what he was saying that, no, you're not a Abraham's descendant by your bloodline or that. It's another reason why. You are Abraham's uh, ch children. Okay. All right, guys. I don't know about you guys, but I'm totally confused by this. Why is it that if I am a I'm from Abraham, why I'm a Jew and I'm not, uh, and I'm from the Jewish descendant, why am I not Abraham's uh, ch a child, you know, children? I'm not, I'm not a part of Abraham's children. Why? That doesn't make sense. Isn't that what God said? That among Abraham, I'm going to uh, make many nations? Well, I'm, I'm from the Jewish line. What happened? Why I'm not a part of this? Very, very confusing. Well, we look at 19, what, 48? There was um, the United Nations, well, actually, America and um, the Brit British, the British uh, European government decided, hey, we're going to restore the um, Jewish nation. You know, what they did, they ran off uh, the Palestinians and, and say, okay, this is the Jewish land now. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. And then, and what was, it was really for a political reason that was done, but many people, and I grew up believing that, hey, we need to send money, we need to support the, the group that's over there because that's God's people, right? Yeah, that's God's people. Well, I think if people read, read, read their Bibles, we'll, we'll resolve that real quickly. You know, Paul said it right here. And you might say, well, Paul being anti-Semitic, right? Semitic. Well, he was a Semite, so he was a Jew of Jews. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, so... I don't think he was being anti-Semitic. Excuse me. I don't think he's being that way. And if anybody could make those type of statements, I think Paul would be the one that could make those type of statements. I couldn't. 
but I think Paul could. All right, let's read a little bit further. Let's get down a little bit and see, because I'm really confused. I don't know about you guys, but I'm confused at this point. All right, so we skip down to uh, verse 30 in the same chapter. It says, what shall we say then? Say that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. But the people of Israel who pursued the law as their way of righteousness have not attained their goal? Why not? Because they pursue it not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumble over the stumbling stone as it is written. See, I laid in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. You're talking about Jesus here. And then also it was saying that, hey, God allowed this other group, these good-for-nothing Gentiles, you know, they are Abraham's children, you know. And it, it wasn't because of the, their uh, bloodline. It was because of their faith. That's what make you a child of Abraham. That's the new uh, Jewish community. This is what Paul is saying here. Well, Ray, uh, that sounds kind of fishy. I'm with you. It does sound a little bit fishy. You know, that just don't add up here. Yeah. Well, let's look at another one here. Let's look over in Romans chapter 11 here. <clears throat> Maybe we'll get a little clarification from there. If you look in Romans chapter 11, <clears throat> and let's see. Romans chapter 11, let's go down to verse 11. And it says, um, and again, I did, again, I asked, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression or sin, salvation has become has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. Now, wait a minute here. God is using the Gentiles to make Israel envious? Yeah. And it wasn't because, uh, it, you know, it, it was because the Gentiles were being faithful to God. Yeah, and it says, but if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? And we go farther and farther in there and talk about that. But I think if you read through that, you'll see that the whole issue here is that God is, Paul's pointing out and made it clear that the children of Abraham is those that are fallen by faith, not those that are stuck with the Torah and trying to live by that, not those that are trying to live by laws or any of those things, but it is of those that are of faith, those that are 
baptized into Christ. Those are the ones that are the children of Abraham. And, and, then, and if you want further reading, I'll suggest that you read Galatians 4. And it talks about that a little bit more in more detail. But I guess you say, well, Ray, that's fine in dancing. And we, we appreciate this um, history lesson here. I really appreciate that. And I say, well, you know, thank you. I like history too. Yeah. Well, what that got to do with me? I'm a married couple. What they got to do with me? I'm glad you asked. It got a lot to do with you. It got a lot to do with all of us here. Lay it on us, Ray. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> okay. So, so what does this passion have to do with anything, especially with married couples, right? I think it has a lot to do with everything. Notice what happened here. The remnant, which was the Jewish group here, they became Jewish, they were Christian. Some of them became Christians, which was Jewish. But now if you look around the world today, how many Jewish Christians do you know? It's almost rare, you know? And I'm not picking on any group uh, uh, like that, but I, I, I think it's strange. The church was started with Jewish people. Christianity is a, sort of like a subset from the Jewish community. Now, it's very rare if you see any Jewish Christians now. I find that very strange. And, I, and, I, and, I, and so what that got to do with me? What does this message have to do with anybody, especially folks? Well, I'm glad you asked. I think it has a lot to do with it. You know, I want you to think about it. God used the Gentiles, those, you know, the people that had everything going wrong. He used them. He got his message out through the Gentiles. Well, the church started with Jewish Christians only. Now you got Gentiles. What happened here? And, and so what did that got to do with me? And being a married person, what do you got to do with anything? Well, I want you to think about that for a moment. And I think Paul made a lot of emphasis on it. I think one of the things we got to be very concerned about and careful with, yes, I would encourage everyone on this call, be your very, very best at whatever you do. If you're a garbage man, I say be the very best garbage man you can be. If you're a lawyer, a doctor, whatever you are, an engineer, be the very best engineer that you could be. Why? Because uh, uh, you want to climb the corporate ladder? Well, uh, I don't have a problem with that, but don't make it so. Don't make it a, a personal glorification. Make it so that your message can be heard. You know, you want to be the best that you can be so that your message could be heard. Well, what is your message? Well, I think the message is the good news of Jesus. I mean, if I'm about to get fired from my job because I'm doing such a horrible job there, I think it'd be kind of hard to talk to someone about God. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I think also what we could do too is our jobs can be our God, become our God. It could be our, become our idol, you know, and God could just be something that we plan or just support of our schedule. Like, you know, I eat lunch at 12 o'clock, you know, I guess and I get up in the morning, I'll study my Bible and, you know, it's a routine rather than a transformation. And so my, my challenge and my encouragement to you is I don't want what happened to what, what, what we just read in the scripture to happen today. You know, God could use anybody that we so choose not to be used by God. He could use anybody. And I think, you know, and I, I, I find it very difficult to, when I, when I read that, I thought, wow, God allowed the Gentile then, and, and really, really, the message was for all nations. All nations probably would not have made it anyway. But now the Gentiles are in, and you know, part of, we're all Abraham's children, the new uh, Jewish community, so to speak. We didn't need 1948 to do that. You know, it was already there. All I had to do was read the Bible. But um, I think, too, my, my encouragement and my challenge to you guys is that, yes, work hard at your job. Do everything that you can do. But don't forget who you are. You know, well, okay. Say I want to be the, I want to be the best husband or the best spouse that I can be. Okay. I think that's very noble. Yeah, do that. Well, how are you going to do it? What are you doing to make that happen? You know, is the word to you, is it uh, is something I do on my spare time? Or is, or is it something that I'm really getting into and this is something that's changing my life? Here's an asset that's great. Are you continually being transformed towards Jesus Christ in his image? Are you constantly growing? Are you changing? That's an asset that's great. You can think about that. Am I continually growing? Am I growing? Yeah. And you can think about it. Don't answer that to me, but just think about it. Am I continually growing today? Am I continually growing? Am I just excited or more excited now about Jesus than I ever was before? Or am I becoming, oh, this stuff is kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. Because if we're going to continue to do and get the word out to other people, man, we're going to have to continue to be transformed into his likeness. One of the biggest problems that happened with the church in Corinth was that um, they had all kinds of issues, a lot of problems happened. Things were happening back to back. All kinds of things were happening. Why? And I think the biggest reason, I'm not a scholar, but I think the biggest reason was that they weren't continuing to grow. They weren't continuing to be transformed into Jesus, Jesus' image. And I think when we stop being transformed to Jesus, transforming into Jesus' image, then we got some big trouble. You know, so hey, I want to make my spouse, I want my spouse to be pleased with me. I want to encourage my spouse. I want this, I want that. Well, 
the only way you're going to be able to do that is that you got to be connected with God, connected with Jesus Christ. And it got to be, that needs to be your more, your more than anything else that you want to strive for. More than my job, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm grateful to have a job. I'm great. I'm, some of you guys are, are powerful people. You guys are doing stuff that I'll probably never be able to do. And so you guys are in there. But don't forget who you are. And don't forget who Jesus is. You know, and that little message that I shared with, with you was just a warning because right now we got a lot of stuff that's going on. There's this thing called the uh, Messianic Jewish whatever. And what they're saying is that, hey, if you want to be a Christian, you got to adapt to the Jewish way, you know? And, and so you got to do all these other things just to be a Christian. And I was like, nah, if you only read your Bible, you'll see that. That was, you know, they were already dealing with that in the, the first century. They were already dealing with that and crushed that. So now we found a new teaching now that now we got to go back to that? Nah, that's over. And it's already been addressed. But how can we defeat those things unless we're in the Word of God? So that's my little challenge for you guys. And hopefully, uh, you guys are not going to run us off. <laughs> you guys got any questions? Open up. You can talk, ask us anything. We don't know anything. We're going to defer to Mary and the new or John Hayes. Uh, I, I just want to share really quick. Uh, yeah. I just want to say thank you. Thank you guys uh, first uh, because this is an, an important message. And I don't know why throughout the whole week I have been talking, like I have been having conversation about, for example, with daily on Monday about exercising our faith. Yesterday I had a conversation with my professor uh, from undergrad who actually his wife passed away um, a month ago. Um, both were my, prof my professor in undergrad, um, and he's a Christian. And one of the things that he was talking to me, he was like, Joel, I didn't call you because if I call you, I know I'm going to be crying. So mm -hmm. I just wait on until now. And we were just talking and talking about the scriptures. And one thing that he said specifically in the conversation, he was like, I'm thankful for God uh, that she's not here because I realize right now that I was doing more stuff for her. And I was depending on her and not in God and not in Jesus Christ. And it's something that I have been realizing now that uh, I was actually lost. I was completely lost. I was putting more attention into her instead of putting my attention to the source that is Jesus Christ. And we just went to like some scripture. It was really revealing just for even for myself that we often do that. We just want to please our spouse, but I'll just do something that is not uh, God-oriented primarily, just like, oh, yeah, I just want to do something for her to feel well, and I want to feel accepted by my spouse, but not by God. Um, thank you. It, it's, it's, this is really good from that perspective. I never saw that scripture from that perspective, uh, and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you. Wow, that was great that you were able to uh, sort of minister to your professor. Wow. And that's, that's pretty much what I'm talking about, that 
uh, letting our light be so that people know who we are. Now, of course, it's by our love also, but you know, he respect you enough to even talk to you in that manner. That says a lot. Amen. Hey there. Uh, I have just a clarifying question. Um, thank yeah. you very much. So were you, was the takeaway message that like we should, similarly to how the Jewish people kind of missed the boat and like the Gentiles ended up um, becoming more the children of Abraham because they had lost sight of faith that we could kind of like see ourselves in the Jews and like to not feel like, oh, I've been a Christian for a long time, so I don't need to keep working at it and, and that we should just continually strive to, to be faithful and to not give in to just legalism because if we don't, then God's kingdom could just go to other people. Okay. Well, you're saying well i think you, you summed it up pretty good yeah i guess that is what i'm saying thank you lady <laughs> <laughs> that the other piece that i, I want to throw in there is that no one is an island so we need other people and we need other people if we're gonna to run this race and be successful at running it uh, i i think one of the things I'm, like I, I'm serious. I want to learn about this. I really want to learn about this virtual dating thing, okay? I'm stuck on this. I, I, I haven't figured this out yet. But I want to learn it. And I'm willing and I'm open to, to change and to figure out how to do this thing, okay? I'm throwing it out there. But uh, that got nothing to do with what we were talking about anyway. But, 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 but I, I, I think when we lose sight of um, uh, that we're, we've arrived, and I think that's when we're, in, we're heading in the wrong direction. Our heart should always be, hey, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want more. I want more. Rather than, well, hey, I'm here. I made it. I'm there. It's over with. And it's not a guilt trip thing or anything like that. Well, our heart should always want more. And I think the other piece, too, is relationships is going to be the biggest key, you know, and I think a lot of the help that we've gotten because of other people. And uh, uh, yeah, and the relationship is a big key. We need to keep those going. And especially younger marriage, and I think you guys see that all the time, and I think most of you feel that it was good. Get with some of the older married people that's been around that you trust and feel comfortable with and, and then pick their brains too. Thank you. Go ahead, Chelsea. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was just going to say really quickly, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate the way that you put, um, I don't know, the way you just broke down the scripture and kind of took us along like the thought process of it and gave the background. As we were reading through it, I was like, wow, why do I feel like I've never read Romans before in my life? Like, why does this sound like a brand new uh, concept to me, but I think you did a really good job of making it really clear what Paul was saying there. Uh, so I really appreciate that. And I feel like my biggest takeaway is is what you were saying about like our relationship with God, not just being like a a, a component or like a tool or like a, a piece, like just like, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to go to work and I'm going to have my relationship with God, but that that is the everything that is the first is the source it's the focus i 
I feel like with marriage now I have like this whole new focus and it's a new focus and I love the focus, but, um, I think it's good to remember, like there's still, I still have that one singular focus in the, in the sense that it is the most important. Well, thank you, Chelsea. I'm glad that you have an additional focus. (laughs) (laughs) My, 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 my. Any other questions or concerns? Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I guess, I don't know what to do. We got, it's, it's 826, so um, if there aren't any more questions, I think we could probably go ahead and close out with a word of prayer. Oh, Mary, go ahead, Mary. I see you just changed. Um, this is Mary. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God, stop. I apologize. Your, your screen said Mary, okay? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, you know, I just wanted, uh, first of all, thank you for um, uh, 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 leaning us tonight and wearing matching uh, shirts. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, there you go um you know i was just thinking you know um when i was converted i i mean i knew nothing about i'd never heard of the church of christ Mm. i'd never read of the bible i i was a i was such a pagan um and um you know, now, you know, it was interesting, the question that you asked at the very beginning, which was like, oh, tell me about your conversion story. And so half of us, you know, grew up in the church and half of us came into the church with no background whatsoever. And um, that's kind of interesting because it's, I'm not going to say it's like the Jews and the Gentiles, but but it, it kind of, it, you know what, it kind of is. It is. <laughs> It kind of is. And, you know, uh, as you were talking, I was just thinking of that passage like, you know, unless you become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And I remember, I remember myself, you know, coming to church and reading the Bible for the first time and like, what is this? And I I was, in a way, I was like a little child because I, I really did not know anything at all. And it's so hard. And, and now, you know, uh, 30, I don't know what, 30, I can't do the math. I'm tired. <laughs> 35 years, 35 years, whatever it is. I can be the old Jew. Mm-hmm. I can be the stale old Jew who, quote, has it figured out and, quote, has all the answers and so on and so forth. And I just made that up. Wow. I've never th- that those words have never wow. been in a those sentence that I've ever together. said. Anyway, oh, anyway, um, that was Mary. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So um, the the point I'm trying to make is that you know it's easy to become not the the young, you know the um, the little child who's amazed at all this and grateful and so on and so forth and can kind of start to coast 
And I, I know that in my own life and that's the secret or that's the, you know, kind of trick is to, you know, how can I be renewed and be like a little child and be as excited and as humble and as, you know, in a learning mode and, and so on and so forth, because as we mature, um, there's a great deal of wealth that comes from maturity, right. uh, but there's also a great danger yep. of, you know, thinking that, okay, well, I've arrived. And um, it's very humbling to see that, you know, no, we're, you know, we all need to, you know, you know, continue to be, have the attitude of little children, uh, the gratitude and the wonder and the curiosity and the amazement. Um, and that's what keeps us, you know, keeps us moving forward and keeps us humble. So anyway, I appreciate your, your message and, um, and I appreciate your, um, your continued wonderment. I mean, I know you, you know, yep. from years ago, and Mary yep. knows you even more back, and, <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, you, you are, you guys are continuing to, you know, have that young heart, and I, I we appreciate that about you, and so, amen. amen. Mm. Well, thank you so much, guys, thank you so much, Mary, and, <laughs> Mary, and we, we appreciate the feedback. Um, one of the things is, as, as it was said, those guys, especially Mary, knows me for a long time. One of the things that I, I think about too that's very refreshing was when I was on campus, uh, I, it, they, they would do a campus meal for us and on Sundays. And uh, I tell you, when I went to my first service there, uh, the food was, I mean, uh, let's call it what it is. It was the food that attracted Oh my God. Let's just call it what it is. Those campus dinners are hilarious. Yes, yes. Pots of spaghetti. Yes, <laughs> yes. And it was those campus dinners that the sisters and so many people did for us that, that it helped me in my conversion, believe it or not. And I wish I could go back and tell all those people who made those meals for me, thank you. Thank you, you know. It, 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 you know that was really fun. Yeah. I have to say that was fun. It was very, you know, and I and I and I thank you guys, Mary, and, and you guys for you guys continue faith as well. Um, we've all been through a lot and and now still around. Still around. Amen. Amen. And, By the grace of God. Yeah. That's good, right. Good stuff. Well, I tell you what, I don't want to be a, a bad steward here. It is 8.32. Uh, I think we need to go ahead and, unless anybody has something else to say or comment, I think we probably need to go ahead and close out. Can we close out with a word of prayer? And let's see, we'll get uh, your additional focus to pray for us, uh, Chelsea. <laughs> Father God, thank you um, so much for uh, the Rowans and I'm um, just being able to spend the evening uh, with us uh, in your work, God. I pray that we can take that we can take what we learned tonight and 
um, just continue to apply it and not become stale in our thinking, God, or become um, just stale in our faith with you, God, but um, just to continue to have that wonder and that amazement with you. Um, I pray for people to have, um, be able to, you know, finish out this work week um, mm -hmm. and be able to, to focus on you throughout it and not let the stress of work get to them or, um, or you, know, you know, the struggles of quarantine. Um, I pray that, you know, well, we're able to connect with each other, um, be it virtual or virtual dates, pray. <laughs> Someone teaches the ruins about virtual dates. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, just thank you for this time together. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Guys, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us.